know that God has lavished his love and grace on us in Jesus. We see that through him. He bore the cross for our sake. You have brought me to the water where my past can be swept away. Sing out as loud as you can. I know it matched on, but come on now. Who breaks the power 
Let's pray. Father in heaven, we do declare, Lord, that you are worthy. But Lord, we know that you are worthy before time. Lord, that you are the creator and the, the author of all creation. And Father, that you had a plan for our salvation and that was through your son, Jesus. Father, that you have not left us nor forsaken us. Lord, that you're with us every step of the way. And Father, we know that grace is something that we don't deserve, but it's something that you've given to us freely. And Lord, for that, we worship you and we thank you. And it's in your name that we pray, amen. You may have a seat. He is so worthy for all that he has done for us. And because of that, we take time each week to celebrate him with our whole heart by giving back just a piece of what he has given to us. We do that with a worshipful and loving heart. So if you're a member here at BSCC, a, a part of our normal BSCC family, I want to encourage you to really pray over that part of your spiritual life and consider giving each week to him as he has called us to do. I'm going to talk a little bit about some events coming up, but while I'm doing that, grab your phone because you're going to need it in just a moment. So we like to have a couple serve opportunities all summer long available to people that they can do from home or that they can do in person. Coming up on August 15th, we're going to be working at the Swan Lake Memorial Veterans Cemetery. They have had some trouble keeping, it up, keeping up with it with the shortage of volunteers and everything else that's been going on during COVID. And so we are going to go do a family-friendly, socially distant serve project there. If you want more information about it, go onto our website to the events page, and you can sign up to join us there. And then right now through August 10th, Monday, August 10th, we are doing something special for our teachers. Instead of doing um, the supply drive, the school supply drive we've done in the past, we decided that this year our teachers needed to know that we love them and that we support them and we care about them because we respect them so much and for everything that they do for our kids in our community. And for that, we are going to shower them through a teacher supply drive, giving them the things that they normally spend their own money on at the beginning of the school year to set their classrooms up. It's even harder for them this year with COVID because there's no more for kids to a poster board or sharing the counting supplies. And so if that is something that's pulling at your heart and you wanna serve in that way from home, we encourage you to go to the same events page at bscc.org and pick a couple items that you can either mail in or bring in between now and August 10th. Like I said, you need your phone and here is why. We have a new BSCC text number. For those of you who are BSCCers, you've seen this over the last month, but I want to be clear, it's the same number for everything. Whether it's giving or response or a new person who's visiting us who wants to text new into that number, or if it's for those of you joining us online, letting us know you're here by texting in your names, it's the same number. So what the staff have done, we have all saved it in our phones under the contact BSCC text, and you can too while you're sitting here. Take this time as Tim comes up to just shoot in a text letting us know you're joining us today. Strategy that Iran has. The signage there to direct them, you know, to proceed. But something has to be done because I can't have an event. Right. 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 Exactly. Right. So I think that's. But I think that the longer you are in a. Hey, get in a room 
I'm just like, get over yourself. Can you direction on what to do about the job today? No, actually, I didn't. I don't know what the deal is. It's like God is trying to ignore me or something. Good night. Well, it's good to be with you uh, today, and if you're joining us online, we're glad that you're here as well. Uh, can you relate to that video in any way at all? I mean, just uh, the alarm goes off, and, and we're off and running. Now, obviously, with COVID, things have changed our lives dramatically, actually, but still, there's the noise around us, the TV, uh, the friends, the, the family, the, the boss, the spouse, uh, the game, you name it, there's something always getting in our way with noise. Why is that? Why, why is it that we, we feel that we need to have that around us? I think one of the reasons is because we, we don't like silence. It's hard, right? Especially when you're in a group of people. You're, you're in a place together and, and, and noise is happening, people are chatting, and all of a sudden it stops for whatever reason and it gets quiet. And it get, gets awkward. And you wish someone would say something, right? It's just, it's just that weird feeling of what's, what's happening around us. We're continuing on with our series, You Asked For It. Taking questions that were given uh, to us uh, as staff over the last few months and to see what God's word has to say about it. So this week, we're going to dive into the question, how do I know that God is speaking to me? How do I know God's speaking to me? Before we get started, will you pray with me? God, I thank you for this time together. I thank you that we can gather here, that we can gather online, that, God, you are amongst us no matter where we're at. So, God, just speak to us tonight. Let your word speak uh, through us. We pray these things in your name. Amen. We're going to take, uh, spend our time tonight taking a look at a story in the Old Testament. Now, it's a story that you may be familiar with, but it's not as familiar as uh, Abraham um, in, in, not familiar, in, in Genesis chapter 18, or Moses in Exodus chapter 18, where God speaks to them, but instead it comes to a young boy who grew up to be a prophet, who, who grew up to follow exactly what God wanted him to do. So if you have your Bibles, if you have your Bible app, um, if you're at home watching, wherever it may be, um, I invite you to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3, because we're going to spend our whole time there tonight. I love, I love Bible stories, and I love to take God's Word and the stories that are found there and to see how it fits us today. And so we're going to spend time in chapter 3 of 1 Samuel. But before we do, we need to get to set the story. So I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version of chapters 1 and 2, because to read it all and to, to get my timing down with everything, it's not going to happen. So I'll just kind of set the story. It starts with Elkanah, and he has two wives, um, Penin, Hannah and Peninnah. Penina had children where Hannah had none. 
Panina was the rival and always provoked Hannah because of the fact that she couldn't have kids. Eli was a man of God, and he went and worshiped God um, in, at Shiloh. Every year he would go and worship him. And it was there that Hannah went with Eli and, uh, or with, with uh, Elkanah and, and met Eli, the, the, uh, the priest, the high priest. And at the time she was, she was there and she was praying for a son, and, and Eli saw her praying and thought that she was said that she was drunk, where she was actually just praying and giving her heart out to God. She explained her situation that she wanted a son and that she was praying to God for that. And Eli answered her um, in, in chapter 117, says, Go in peace and may God of Israel grant you what you asked of him. And God heard her request and, and gave her a son that she named Samuel. And Hannah follows through with exactly what she had promised God. You give me a son? I'll give the son back to you to serve you in any way that you desire. So as, as Samuel got older, Hannah did exactly that. She took Samuel back to Eli, the, the, the high priest, to have Samuel serve God the rest of his life. Can you imagine? You've asked for this child. You have him for just a few years, and, and you've made a promise to God. God, you, you give me a son. I'll give the son back to you. And that's exactly what Hannah did. She then goes on and prays this wonderful prayer in chapter 2 to God as a dedication of Samuel to the Lord. Well, then you get into Eli's life, and you find that Eli has a couple sons. They're, they're little scoundrels. They, they, they have no regard for the Lord. They, um, Eli's not a great dad either. He doesn't discipline them well. And so there's this strife that takes place. As a matter of fact, God gets angry about the whole situation and how Eli's sons are, are, are treating God and how Eli's not handling it. So God sends a man to Eli and tells him that because of his son's ungodliness, there's going to be some consequences um, in, in, due to his position. It's going to be cut short. He's not going to be a priest for very long. That his family's not going to see old age at all. They're going to die young. And matter of fact, his sons are both going to die on the same day. Not a great situation that Eli has found himself with. And at the very end of 1 Samuel chapter 2, these words are said, And the boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with his people. God is honoring what Hannah has done. Even though Eli's sons and Eli's not handling the situation well, Samuel's doing exactly what God wants. That brings us to chapter 3. The story actually begins not with God speaking, but with God's silence. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. Samuel ministered. He did exactly what Eli had asked of him. According to uh, the historian Josephus, um, they, he, Josephus um, estimates that Samuel was about 12 years old at this time when this was taking place. We don't have for sure uh, his age, but that's about the age that they think that, uh, that he was. And so we said, it says the word of the Lord was rare. God wasn't speaking at this time. This, was a, this is a bad time for Israel. See, because when God uh, was not communicating with them, they were doing their own thing. They were, they, were, they were going their own ways. They were doing what they desired to do. And it wasn't good for them. In Proverbs chapter 29, verses 18, it says, there was, Where there is no revelation, the, the people cast off restraint. In other words, when we don't hear from God, people choose to do whatever they want. And 
We can see that some in our society right now. When, when God's not at the center of everything that we desire and believe, then people do what they desire and what they believe. It was not a good time for Israel. So back to Samuel. The word of the Lord was rare, and, and God was about to change all that through Samuel. Verse 2 and 3. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. The details of these two, these two verses are really, really rich in symbolism. See, Eli, he was, a, he was a good man of God, but his eyes were weak. Not only because of his old age, but also in his spiritual understanding and knowledge. He had given, almost given up hope on God that his eyes had become weak at this time. But there is hope. And it's that lamp, the lamp of God that was there at the time. The priests were required to keep this lamp um, burning in the temple every night from evening until morning. So the details place the timing of Samuel's um, call late into the, into the night, maybe getting close to dawn. But that lamp gives a ray of hope. You see, even though the God's word was rare at the time, God was still with them. God had not given up on his people, and he has not given up on us as well today. Eli was laying in his usual place. Samuel was lying in the temple close to the ark. This is the first time that the Ark of the Covenant is mentioned in 1 Samuel, but it's going to be very important throughout the rest of, of, that, uh, of the book. So the, is, the nation of Israel was in a time of spiritual darkness. The priesthood was corrupt. People did what they did, wanted to do in their own eyes. There was no word from God. That's the, the context of what's going to take place next. Verse 4. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Samuel was eager. He heard, he heard what he thought was the, the, the high priest calling him. He was under the high priest's um, understanding and, and, and care. So he ran to him. He was responsive. He was alert. He was obedient. Again, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now, the beauty of this passage is that we know, as we read it, who's calling Samuel. But Eli still doesn't get it. His eyes are still not in tune with what God is, and his ears are not in tune with what God is is saying here. He's still kind of spiritually sluggish about what's happening in his life. That explains Eli. And, but what do we, why doesn't Samuel understand that it's God? Well, verse 7 tells us why. Verse 7 says this, Now Samuel did not know, yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. See, Samuel had been serving. He had been doing everything he was asked to do for Eli, the priest. He's young. He's 12 years old. The word had not been given to him yet. God had not spoken to him. He, wasn't, he didn't know who, who he's listening to or who he should be listening for in this situation. But that was going to change. I'm going to stop there for a second. When, when we think about our lives, and is God speaking to us? 
How do we know that? How do we know that Scott, God is speaking to us? The first, I, I've got three keys I want to I touch on tonight. The first is this. We must be willing to know him. The key of, of understanding of God is speaking to us is that we need to know him. Samuel had been brought up serving, but he had not yet known who the Lord was through God's word. For you and I to know if God is trying to speak to us, we need to know him intently. I love John chapter 10. Um, Jesus is speaking here. and He's talking to those around, and it gives the, the picture of the shepherd and the sheep. It says this, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. For I have other sheep that, have not, that are not of the sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Man, what a, what a great picture there. Jesus is saying, I am the shepherd. We are his sheep. And there are sheep that, that have come to know who Jesus Christ is, and there are sheep that have not. And his desire is that everyone knows him. That everyone knows him. I was, I was curious. I don't know much about sheep. I was curious. Do sheep really respond to the shepherd? I'm going to challenge you when you get home is, is to Google, get on YouTube and Google shepherd calling sheep on YouTube. Fascinating two-minute video where tourists had come into Europe and they are standing at a, at, a, at a gate, and there's sheep out in the field, and they're calling as the shepherd had asked them to do, and they're getting no response. Three or four people, and they're, they're kind of laughing about it, and all of a sudden, the shepherd steps up to that gate, and he calls, and their ears pop up, and their heads pop up, and they start looking, and all of a sudden, you see these sheep start running to his voice. That's exactly that's exactly what Jesus Christ desires from us. That we know his voice. That we understand when God is speaking to us that it's not something from the outside. It's not, it's not the world speaking to us of what we should do, but it's actually him. But we have to know him. We have to know the voice of God. At Blue Springs Christian Church, that is our one passion. Is that everyone gets to know who Jesus Christ is. And that they accept him as their Lord and Savior. That they know his voice. So that when he speaks to them, they know how to respond. If you have not done that yet, if you're in the room or if you're online, and have not, you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I, 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 I ask of you to consider texting the word response to the number that Almeida spoke of earlier. Someone will be in touch with you because that is our desire as a church, is that you will know his voice. So back to our story. Samuel had just assumed that it was Eli. Eli kept sending him to bed because he didn't know who the voice was. A third time the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Finally, finally, Eli figures it out. It took him three times. 
But he finally got it. See, Eli wasn't a bad guy. He, he, he wanted to serve God with everything he had. He still just wasn't in tune with what, what God desired in his life. But he got it. And he said to, to Samuel, go and lie down. Verse 10, the Lord came and stood there, calling as to the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Now, I find it very interesting because the first three times, how many times did the word Samuel, did he say the word Samuel to him? Only once. But here in verse 10, he says his name twice. He, he wants to make sure he hears him. And he wants to make sure he understands who he is. There's a couple other times in Scripture where we see God speaking to someone and saying their name twice. When Abraham was about to uh, sacrifice Isaac, God called out to him, Abraham, Abraham, in Genesis chapter 22. When God spoke to Moses at the burning bush, he called out to Moses. He said, Moses, Moses, in Exodus 3. Abraham was the father of Israel, the father of, of all faith. Moses was Israel's deliverer and the giver of the law. And Samuel was to be the first in the line of prophets who would faithfully bring God's word to his people. All three of these men were key people in Israel's history. And God called them by name twice. This was the key turning point in Samuel's life. So how did he respond? How, how, did, how did he respond just as Eli told him. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. The second key for us to understand if God is trying to speak to us is we have to listen. We have to listen. Let me ask you, uh, how good are you at listening? I mean, really, if, if you really, to, if I was to ask maybe a spouse or a child, how good they are at listening to the directions given? Probably not too good at times. There was actually a study done by the University of Missouri. And that study uh, was done on how well we listen as individuals. And what a fascinating little article and, and study that was put together um, there at the, at the university. But one thing that I found very interesting is people stop listening after someone is speaking for 10 minutes. I hope I didn't lose you yet. It's been 10 minutes at least. Sometimes it's hard to listen. Sometimes we don't hear God's voice because of all the noise around us, the distractions that, that get in our way. So how? How can we listen? How can we, you know, I, I have not heard God's voice audibly, ever. I have not audibly heard God's voice. But I know God has spoke to me. I know God has spoken into my life. Here's three ways. First is through his word. Through his word. Samuel not, had not heard God because he was not familiar with the word. For us to connect with God, we need to connect with his word. The scripture is so rich in, with information that all scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God's word is so rich with the answers of everyday life. 
See, in God's word, if you have questions about, man, how do I, my marriage is just, I'm having trouble with my marriage. God speaks to that here. If, if you're having trouble of, of overcoming temptation, God gives answers in his word about how to do that. Parenting tips, they're right here. Overcoming anxiety, what does it look like to forgive someone? God's word speaks to us. We have to be in God's word. See, God's word will never contradict itself. God's voice will never contradict his word. So if, if you think that God is speaking to you and it's, it's, it's against God's will and God's word, it's not, it's not from God. God is true. God is faithful. His word is true and is faithful. We need to know his word. The second is through his spirit. The Holy Spirit communicates deep things of God to us. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says this, However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. When we have received, what we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. You see, God has given us the Holy Spirit, and there's times that we don't talk enough about the Holy Spirit living in us. He set the Holy Spirit, when, when Jesus Christ left this earth, so that he can live and dwell and help us, speak to us. The emotion, the feeling, the, the nudging that you may have. God, what do you have for me in this situation? Are we trusting that it may be the Holy Spirit speaking to us through our lives? Are we listening? And the third comes through others. Through others. Just as Samuel listened to Eli, throughout Scripture, God has provided people to speak truth God's truth into their lives. I'm reminded of, of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. I, I preached on that back in March, and I just love that passage. Because see, here the Ethiopian eunuch's in, in God's word, and he doesn't understand it. And God sent Philip to the chariot, and he explained God's word to him. God puts people in our, in our, in our lives for the purpose of, of them speaking into us. If they're truly a, a brother or sister in Christ, if, if you're spending time in prayer together, if they're praying for you, allowing people to help you through the situations of life. Samuel asked God to speak, and God spoke. It probably wasn't the message that Samuel wanted to hear, because here's what the Lord had to say to Samuel. He says this, And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it tingle. And at the time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed, his sons blasphemed God, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by the sacrifice 
or offering. Wow. Can you imagine a 12-year-old receiving those words from God? Samuel said, I'm here, God. I'm listening. God says, i got to tell you something. This isn't good. I'm going to come down pretty hard on Eli, just like I told him I was going to do. What is Eli, what's Samuel to do with that? What is he supposed to do with that? Samuel says, Samuel went, lay down until morning, and he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. I can imagine he was afraid. But Eli called to him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am. What is it? What was it that he said to you, Eli asked? Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. The third key of understanding if God is speaking to us is we must be willing to respond. We must be willing to respond. Sometimes this can be the hardest part of listening. What now? What am I supposed to do with this? I mean, for, for a child to, to clean their room, and, and their parent gives instructions to go and clean the room, the child usually has two responses that are available to them. One, they either go do it, or they don't. And sometimes there's usually consequences or praises that come with the results of what that child did from the parent. The same is true for our response to our Heavenly Father. See, we either listen and obey, or, if you know the story of Jonah, you hear the word of God, and you run the other direction, and there's a consequence to it. He, Jonah responded. It wasn't the right response. God also responded to Samuel. Eli understood what was going to happen. He is the Lord. I, I love that, that Eli understood that and said to Samuel, he is the Lord. As God speaks to us, we need to respond with that same answer. He is the Lord. It's not my will, God, but your will be done in my life. God also responded to Samuel. He said this, the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. And he let none of his words fall to the ground. And all of Israel, from Dan to Bathsheba, recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to, to appear at Shiloh. And there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. And Samuel's word came to all Israel. See, after Samuel showed himself faithful as a prophet to Eli, God made him a prophet to all of Israel. I love the phrase, he let none of his words fall to the ground. See, God confirmed, Samuel, you heard me, you listened, and you responded faithfully. And, and because of that, Samuel, I'm going to honor you. I'm going I'm to call you blessed. I'm going to make you a prophet. I'm going to recognize that your words are going to go through all of Israel. There's a new prophet now, and his name is Samuel. So my question to you today is this. Do you know him? Do you, do you know the voice 
of God because you know him. You're in his word. You, you, you spend time with him. Are, are you listening? What, what does God's word have to say? Is the, is the Holy Spirit nudging you because you're, you're listening to what he has to say? Maybe those around you are speaking to you as well and you're, you're finding confidence in God through those that, that you find faithful in, in God. And then the last, are you responding? God's trying to say something to you. Are you ready to respond no matter how difficult it may be or how, how glorious it may be? Are you responding? Sometimes we think it's a big thing. Kind of like the video showed, a job change. But maybe it's the response of, you know someone that, that you need to forgive. And God's been speaking to you, and, and you, you've been turning away. And you're like, ah, I, don't, I can't do it. Maybe it's, it's a situation of, of um, just uh, overcoming a, a, a temptation in your life. And you've been pushing God away. He's speaking to you, saying, you've you got to stop this. And you need to respond appropriately. You know, it, it's ironic, if you would, as uh, this message was, uh, Dave, as Dave and I talked about this a, a, month and a month and a half ago about doing this message, I didn't know how personal it was going to be for me of hearing God's voice speaking to me. And for those that haven't heard, um, I am um, stepping away from this role as executive pastor at Blue Springs Christian Church here in the next couple weeks to take a position in Omaha. And, and it's, it's, it's difficult because of the love that I have for the church. But hearing God's voice and listening to him and, and being in his word and, and the nudging from the Holy Spirit has led us to make a decision for Susan and I to, to move to this new opportunity. Each of us are faced with that in our lives. We, we all have the opportunity that God is speaking to us. So does he really? The answer, I believe, is truly yes, he is. The question I want to leave with you today is this. Are you listening? Will you pray with me? God, I thank you for our time in your word today. I thank you that you love us so much that you want to be a part of our lives, that you speak into us all the time. God, help us to put away the distractions of this world. Help us to focus on who you are. Not who we desire to be without you, but who we can be with you. Let us hear your voice. May we listen, Father. We pray these things in your Son's name. Amen. You know, one way that we respond to God's call in our life is to accept him as our Lord and Savior and, and to be obedient to him through baptism. And tonight, we, we have that opportunity to witness a baptism. So I invite you to direct your attention to the baptism. Hi, everybody. I want to introduce Jennifer to all of you. She started attending BSCC back in February and pretty quickly knew this was her church home and also knew that God was calling her to take this step of baptism. COVID got in the way, but she has come forward tonight ready to dedicate her life to Jesus Christ. One of the most amazing things about her is when you talk to her, you can just feel the passion she has for following him in all ways in her life and everything she's already done and everything 
she looks forward to doing with him in the future. So I just have one question for you. Do you proclaim Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior in your life? Yes, I do. And he baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Congratulations. Let's stand up and worship together.
presence let us experience the glory of your goodness let us become of you that are joining us online, we want to thank you again for being here with us, and we look forward to the day of, of being able to all worship again in person. At this time, we, we are actually going to take communion, so if you'd like to take communion with us, uh, we'd like to invite you to do that at this time. And, and those that are here with us, uh, hopefully you grabbed a cup as you came in, and you'll notice that that's all just kind of in one nice little container there, and the top is there's going to be the wafer, and we're going to take that together. Just in remembrance of the body that was broken the body of Christ that, that he um, gave up for our sake, for our behalf, on our behalf. So let's, uh, once you have that, that taken out there, let's, let's eat the bread together just in remembrance of the body of Christ. that we partake of the body, we also take of the cup, of the juice, representing the blood that was spilled for our behalf. So let's drink together. again so much for joining us for our worship service. We just pray that this week that your heart and your mind would be abandoned and open to the Holy Spirit and what he uh, would call you to do. We know that he cares about each of us deeply and ultimately it's for his glory. And so we just rest our minds and our hearts in him this week. We pray you have a great week and we will see you next week. You'll notice that there's going to be an usher that'll come forward and, and he'll dismiss you as you go. Just please stay put and, until then. Hope you have a great week.